Okay. Hi, Lisa Waisaki from Fido Fixers. Um, I'm here. I'm Tamil Lundquist with Houston Pet Set for our podcast with my co-host, Tina Lundquist-Faust, co-president also of Houston Pet Set. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Tama and Tina. It's so good to see you. Ah, so great to see you. So, so great to see you. So you're Lisa Waisaki. You're our angel from the Northeast who sent mobile units to Houston, mobile units that do free spays and neuters in Houston, which is very necessary. So we're so happy to connect with you, I guess, almost two years ago and start the discussion about what mobile units in Houston would look like and how necessary it was. So um, let's back up and just talk about how Fixers started um, and who thought of this and, and just the whole inception of it. Fixers started as a result of having been involved uh, with animal rescue and uh, transporting dogs from the South to the Northeast. And I was working with some other organizations in the um, Westchester, Fairfield County areas, that's in um, Southern New York and um, Western Connecticut, Southwest Connecticut. I've been working with them for years and we were bringing in hundreds of dogs and having these huge adoptathons and finding them all homes. but. After years of doing this, it became increasingly frustrating that um, we were never getting to the bottom of the problem, that it seemed like there was an endless supply, that we had heard horror stories of all the animals that um, were left behind that we couldn't bring up. Uh, We couldn't just uh, do this fast enough to save uh, so many of them that were perishing in um, shelters across the mostly in the southeast of the U.S. So my friends and I um, decided that we were going to focus on spaying and neutering rather than the transport rescue uh, part of it, and that we could have a much greater impact by getting to the root cause of um, so many of the uh, euthanasias that were occurring in the South, which is, you know, sadly, most of them um, are puppies and kittens. So the best way to do that, um, you know, instead of bringing the dogs up, uh, we were not transporting cats. So we were bringing dogs up and spaying them and neutering them, and then they were adopting out. Um, But why don't we just go to the area where the problem exists and do it there and therefore get ahead of the situation so that it wouldn't be such a desperate situation of us trying to get these animals out before they were uh, euthanized in these high kill shelters. So that's where the idea came from. And also I was uh, advised by Bob Barker's girlfriend Parker wow. from the oh, Price yeah. is Right. Um, also, the OG of the OG of Spay and Neuter. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. His girlfriend Nancy Burnett. I was so helpful to me. I actually called her after I called him after reading a book of his, and I for advice. And she told me, you know, this is what you should do. Don't don't do any more transporting or rescues. Do spaying yeah. and neuters. You'll save so many more animals. And that's where you can really make a huge difference and reduce the amount of deaths. So that's what we did. We started 
fundraising for our first vehicle in 2012. And that, um, hit the road in early 2013. And right. our first stop was in Alabama. That didn't work out. So we went to Georgia and um, worked with a group that was very successful. So since then, you know, we have added to our, our fleet. We now have seven wow. with partners, you know, all over the, um, the Southeast and now Texas, which is the Southwest. Yeah. And we're so, so happy that you did. It's a brilliant model. And what we love is you're doing one thing, but you're doing one thing really well. And you're making an impact on those numbers of animals that are that are on the streets or in the homes that are unwanted. So whether it be owned animals or street animals, they must be, they must be spayed and neutered. And of course, before we transport, they must be spayed and neutered too, which is not our focus, but what we like about, bringing the mobile units into certain areas is we know that about 50% of the animals coming into the shelter system are owned animals. So people aren't spaying and neutering. Their dog has puppies or kitten has puppies. Yeah, that'd be something. The kitten (laughs) kitten has kitties. And um, so there are a lot of animals taking up the shelter space that the street dogs would otherwise have. And so by focusing on these areas where the majority of the animals are coming Um, into the shelters from, we can reduce that number into the shelters and then leave room for more street dogs. And, um, and just, as you said, hit the problem from, from the other side. It's not all about, we can't adopt our way out of this. We can't transport our way out of this. We have to spay and neuter. We have to educate too, and change, change some, um, I guess, behaviors and cultural norms and things like that. But, um, certainly by offering the free spays and neuters, you are reducing the number of, of animals that, you hate to say are unwanted, but in a way they, they are because um, no, they are unwanted. we have enough animals. That, you know, we have a million animals that get euthanized every year, yet we breed about a million animals every year. So um, it's, it's good. This model is good. It works. And we're so excited that you're in Houston. Well, and what's good about it is it's mobile. Mm-hmm. So you're going into the neighborhoods where exactly. there are veterinary deserts where you make it accessible. And by accessible, we mean affordable because um, most of the time what we're doing is, is free spays and neuters. Accessible, meaning it is within range. A lot of people don't have cars. You cannot take a dog or a cat on public transportation. So if you don't have a vehicle, how do you get to a vet that's 30 miles away? And we have a lot of veterinary deserts in Houston. So the mobile aspect of it is really, really key. So Yeah, that's right. And that's why, um, you know, we go to the areas that are in, the, the most need, and we partner with groups, like we partner with PetSet, and, um, you know, we have, I, right now, you know, I have partners in Tennessee and South Carolina and North Carolina. I have one in Corpus Christi, and um, uh, we also have one doing a special project on Long Island, and we, we find groups that know the community, and um, can run this for us because I'm not a, I'm not a veterinarian and neither is my partner. We're not even vet techs. We're, you know, I'm a retired business person. And so, you know, I need my partners to do this, to actually execute the program. So we, um, one of the, the things we did right when we started Fido Fixers is that we um, didn't buy our mobile clinic for 
one specific group. And that's originally how it was supposed to be set up. You know, we were approached by a group in the tri-state area and asked us to buy it. And we thought about it and we, um, and we made the right decision that we wanted to retain ownership because um, this is a very hard program and things happen. Vets quit or, you know, vets get claustrophobic or people, you know, things happen. Yeah. Um, or they also can saturate an area. So mm -hmm. had we just bought it for one group, it would not, it, it could just be sitting there months and months and months. This by um, maintaining the ownership ourselves and leasing it to qualified not-for-profit groups, you know, we're flexible to change as the situation changes mm -hmm. and move it around other areas um, that are in need when, you know, we have to. Mm -hmm. And we've been in that situation many times where we start with one group and they use it for a year or two and then, you know, whatever, it's very exhausting. Or, you know, as I said, the vet quits or something mm -hmm. happens. Right. And this way we're able to keep moving yeah. it and to keep our very expensive assets yeah. productive. It keeps you agile. And it's one thing, it's, yes. it's because of that, we were able to get a mobile unit. I think the mobile units that we have one, did they both come from South Texas or did one come from the East, Southeast? I can't remember, but. Oh, they've been moved around yeah. so many times. I think one of the ones was from Mississippi mm -hmm. and one of the ones originally, I think was from Florida. I think you got it from the West coast of Florida. We're sending a new one too, back to Florida to Jacksonville. So to our next unit that's on order is um, already, you know, uh, it's already, you know, has a new partner designated and it'll be going there. But yeah, so we're constantly moving around. I can't even remember now, you know, where all my phytos have been. What's, what's the provenance? You, know, you, need, you need more provenance. You know, that phyto junior is a senior. Where was that? I have to look yeah. things up. Right. That's how often we're moving things around because it's very dynamic. Yeah. Um, and as I said, the the biggest challenge is with finding vets. Mm -hmm. There's a shortage and, um, you know, and keeping vets. Yeah. 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 Because the, the high volume, high quality spay neuter is a specialty surgery. It's a it's specialty within, yeah. within the vet field. And, right. It and, is. Yeah. And we are short on vets too. So just even. We're short on vets yeah. and yes. And it's hard for yeah, it's just, that's it. So it's short. So it makes it very challenging for our partners and it makes it challenging for us mm -hmm. um, because when the when we don't have a vet, the program falls apart. Yeah, of course. And so we have to move it to a group that's ready to go. Have you been able to keep track of the number of spays and neuters that have done that have been done? Yes, we do. We keep track. All of our partners have to report to us mm -hmm. on a monthly basis and some send it to us weekly. That's fine. But monthly we're required. Mm -hmm. um, all of our partners are required to report once a month and they're also required to perform at least 200 surgeries a month. And many of our partners far exceed that, but you know, during the pandemic, it was remarkable how many were able to work and get, um, and get, you know, mm -hmm. 200 a month. And if they weren't, even if they did 100, 150, you know, considering all the challenges, yeah. that was quite remarkable. But back to your question, yes. So we do track it 
And to date, we've done over 90,000 surgeries oh, on dogs and cats. Yes, because wow. I should say that we also yeah. encourage our partners to um, spay and neuter cats as well as dogs. If you know anything about how dogs and cats breed exponentially and it grows, that 90,000 has, you can claim millions, probably millions, millions of unwanted animals, not not on our streets, not in our shelters, not being exactly. euthanized because of your service. So bless right. you. Oh my gosh. And we're not, that's right. And we're not doing the surgeries, the 90,000 on the population that would have spayed and neutered their animals anyway. Right. You know, we're, we're in the areas where they didn't have the options or they didn't have the funds. So, um, you know, the impact is truly huge. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, you know, are focused into areas that are economically disadvantaged with not a lot of access. And, you know, we will not go, you know, I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut. We're based out of Greenwich, Connecticut, but we're not in Greenwich, Connecticut mm -hmm. because people will spay and neuter their cats and dogs here mm -hmm. anyway, right. regardless what the cost is. And there's a lot of places that do that. Um, but there's more places that they're not doing that. And that's where we need to be. Yeah. Lisa, what is your um, your plan for the future? Do you are you maintaining this number of mobile units? You know the demand is so great. Are you and your partners growing this program, or um, or what are the the plans? Because Fido Fixers is really it's it's a brilliant idea, and I feel like we need a thousand of them across the South. You need to breed Fido Fixers. <laughs> uh. Right now, to be honest, like all groups, you know, we're having a lot of fundraising challenges. Mm -hmm. It's been a rough year. And we were just able to eke out, um, thanks to a grant we received, one more, mm -hmm. you know, so our yes. eighth year. Congratulations. But I don't know, based on, you know, our the trend with fundraising, if we're going to be able to add some more, mm -hmm. um, add more to our our fleet because it's been really, really difficult uh, and you know, very discouraging in the last year to raise money. So I don't know. I mean, we may, we may just stay with eight, um, but if things change, we would of course love to add more because there, there is such a huge need. And this is, I think such an important part of the puzzle. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, not, you know, not a lot of the big groups are doing this. Right. So yeah. it's, it is kind of amazing when you look at how many are transporting compared to how many are spaying and neutering and you get that instant gratification when you transport. It is so heartwarming right. to be on the, be around the bus, see the animals go on. I mean, it's heartbreaking too, because you're worried about them, but you know, they're going to a good place. You know, the ultimate, um, result for them is, is a wonderful life. Um, and you get that, that instant gratification, but the spay and neuter, we have to do this. We have to do more of this. So how much is a mobile unit? If we have somebody out there who is interested in funding one of these, what would a mobile unit cost to get it up and running? And then how much is it to operate per year? Well, the price of the mobile unit has gone up dramatically because of supply and demand. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, a lot of healthcare organizations um, for humans as well as for animals uh, decided to go mobile because it made a lot of oh, sense 
during the pandemic to go to places. And um, as you can even see with the vaccine rollout, mm -hmm. how it shifted from initially, you know, big arenas to more community outreach and going to people's homes and bringing the services to um, the, the people in need or animals in need. So because of that, uh, the price has gone up from, we started, it was 135 for our first unit. And now for our eighth, it's 180,000. Mm -hmm. And that's since 2012. So that's a huge increase. It is a huge increase. And not only is the price significantly higher, but the wait time, it used to be two or three months. And um, for Fido the eighth, it's going to take at least a year, maybe a year and a half for production. Wow. Yeah. So, but worth the wait, right? Worth, worth, worth the, the wait, wait. And, you know, it gives us a chance to raise some more money mm -hmm. um, for it. But, you know, because not only do we have to pay for the vehicle, but we pay the vehicle insurance, which is very expensive. And we pay property tax. And even though we're not for profit, I still have to pay property tax on that go figure. And we pay, you know, all the motor vehicle expenses. Sure. And we used to pay repairs, but we're, we're not paying repairs anymore. Because, as I said, our fundraising has really, really um, been reduced because of the pandemic and all the other competing charities out there. Uh, well, we're so, so grateful for Fido Fixers, for you, for Suzanne, your business partner, and this brilliant idea and um, you sharing it and being so generous with your time and your resources with Houston and Houston Pet Set. We love this and we're so excited to, to kick off our, you know, I guess we can announce it now, we will be kicking off the um, Fido Fixers um, mobile unit again in the middle of August, Houston Pet Set will. So um, we're really excited. We've got our places mapped out and, and there's such a need, you know, with Bark, with our city shelter taking in 6,000 fewer animals last year, there are so many, there are more animals on the street than ever. There are more animals in people's homes than ever. So this is very, very, very necessary. And it's been a blessing getting to know you too. We've aligned in so many ways, not only in our and our mission, but our philosophy and our business sense. And you guys just run a really tight ship. And we're so, so appreciative every time we do something with you. We love the way you do it. So bless you and thank yeah. you, Lisa. And I think Lisa's well, thank response. Thank you so much. Fido Fixers is responsible for what four thousand surgeries here. Is yeah. that what you've done in uh, the in Houston thus far? Four thousand. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 So, well over. Yeah. Well over. All in one neighborhood. Yeah. So again, to that exponential it's growth. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, in Sunnyside, where it's so needed. So, as, so needed. As Tama said, thank you. We're so grateful and to you. Been, and you've been such excellent partners. I mean, I'd love to give you more. So. <laughs> We'll be asking. Fine. <laughs> no, we'll yeah, grow no, together, Lisa. To. You know, we're just going to grow together. We know that because we know the need is here, and we have wonderful Houstonians and supporters who realize the need for spay and neuter, and they've been talking about it for years. And now you're the solution. So right. we have those supporters who want this. We just haven't been able to come up with a plan on how we're going to do this. But now we have you, we have them. So together, we're going to grow and make make this impact in Houston that that's so needed. Yeah. Well, you're going to make a bigger difference. You've already made a big difference. 
And I, um, yeah, I know this is going to be a success and I can't thank both of you enough because when you look good, we look good and we depend, Suzanne and I depend on our partners because as I said, we're not in the field, we're not the vets, we're not out there. You know, I'm in my home in Greenwich, Connecticut, running all of this <laughs> and it's the people in the field who are doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. I'm just, well, I takes, see myself as a fun, just a fundraiser. It takes all <laughs> of us, you know, it takes all of us. So we're glad, glad to, um, to know you and have you as, as a collaborative partner. And a friend too. And a friend too. <laughs> we love your lovely husband. We're so lucky to meet him when you were traveling. We hooked up and I'm looking at the so clock great. because we've got to go, but it was, it's, it's just been such a blessing to know you and, and, and work with you. Well, thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. And I will talk to you soon. Talk yeah, to you soon, Lisa. To it. Take, okay, care. Great. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.